I'm, I'm thankful that the Lord gives us a mechanism by which to access victory. And that mechanism is called praise. Because praise is uh, a guarantee, as it were, that the Bible said that uh, he dwells in the midst of praise. And if you will be a praiser, you will get victory. And so for about 20 more seconds, if I needed a victory, I would become a praiser before. I know we have been worshiping, but I would become a praiser right now. If I needed a victory and I needed some walls to come down, I would be a praiser right now. I wouldn't worry about who's standing next to me or I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be worried about what somebody else is going to do, what somebody else is doing and I wouldn't be worried about that. I'd become a praiser right now and not just a praiser. I'd be an extravagant praiser. Hallelujah. 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 I said I'd be an extravagant praiser. I'd be an extravagant praiser. The, the level of your praise must match the level of your need. How great the need is, is how great your praise ought to become. Oh, we're, we're breaking through something right now. I said the level of your need, your, your praise should match the level of your need. If I had a great need, I'd be a great praiser. The greater the need, the greater the cry. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody's getting it right now. I said, somebody's getting it right now. Somebody's getting a hold of it right now. Somebody's got to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Ain't nobody else had any mercy on me, but I've got to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David. I discern the gift of faith is in here right now. I discern the victory of the Lord in here. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I think the reason, I think what happens is, you can be seated just a moment. I think what happens is, is that people get to the place where they don't believe that they should have victory. Or they don't believe they deserve the victory. Hallelujah. And when you don't believe that you deserve, or I should say, believe you can have it, or God wants you to have it, then you'll say, what's the use? Is well, hallelujah. You'll say, what's the use to pursue? Because I've been chasing stuff my whole life and don't think it's going to happen for me. And the enemy puts, the enemy lies to us and makes us believe that we're not designed for victory. Hallelujah. 
but we are designed to have victory. This is why we take defeat so hard. This is why defeat bothers us. Okay, I, I'm, I think I'm tapping into something right here. I think this is why defeat bothers us so much. Because we were not, it's not in our DNA from our Heavenly Father to accept defeat. Hallelujah. That's why some of us say, well, I, I, I thought I was supposed to have victory. Well, you are supposed to have victory. And I'm telling you, every lying voice that says otherwise is a liar. You were designed to have victory. I'm going to say it again. You were designed to have victory. You were created to have breakthrough. This church was designed to have breakthrough in this region and in this city. Hallelujah. And we, we, but when you get to the place where you just finally uh, resign yourself that this is my life and this is how I'm going to live, you know, you can adapt to defeat. You can adapt to being defeated. And so then you don't pursue. And I think I mentioned it before, but I think it's worthy of repeating again. It is a law of God, according to Deuteronomy 1. It is a law from God. The law of God said that you have compassed this mountain long enough. He said you've been used to defeat too long. And when you stay around certain mountains too long, then you get used to being defeated. And you get used to, you just get used to, and then pretty soon you'll just be happy to have the manna. Well, praise the Lord. You'll just get happy having manna. When manna was not God's plan to begin with. Well, praise the Lord. Manna was not God's plan to begin with. Water coming out of a rock was not God's plan to begin with. That was only meant to sustain them for about 11 days. Praise the Lord. There are some things God does for you. He doesn't mean for you to treat it like a lucky rabbit's foot, like it's something you're supposed to have permanently. God uses that momentarily to, to push you to where you really ultimately are supposed to be. Praise the Lord. See, God used miracles, and it's the plan of God for us to see the miraculous. But God uses the miraculous to break the back of certain things. Praise the Lord. Okay. I said the Lord uses the miraculous to break the back of certain things. God gives you a miracle to push you into the place that he wants you to go. Once you've had a miraculous deliverance, uh, is anybody believing what I'm saying right now? Okay. So once you have a miraculous deliverance, once you have a miraculous deliverance, you're supposed to go on into the promise. You're not supposed to sit there and, 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 and cry your Kool-Aid and go around the mountain another 57 times. After God delivers you out of it, don't go back to what he delivered you out of. 
Oh, hallelujah. I'm preaching to somebody right now. There are some people in this room that God has come to your mountain right now and saying, you have gone around this mountain long enough. You have cried enough tears over this long enough, and I'm ready, and I've been ready to deliver you right this minute. Is anybody else tired of going around the same bend year in and year out? Okay. Well, we're in March now. I, I think it's March. Are we in March now? I think it's March. It's time to get, it's not time to go into April with the same stuff we've been dealing with week in and week out and year in and year out. Hallelujah. It's not meant for you to be bound by the same depression for years and years and years. It's not meant for you to be bound by the same drama. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's, it's not meant. It's not meant for that. So God, it's not meant for that. You were not designed for that. And so God... God brings deliverance and he brings the miracle and then he says, okay, I see you camp out here for a minute. That's good. Got your legs up under you. But now it's time to get up and go over the Jordan. Hallelujah. And I find that most of us, most of us, we conduct, we, we, we go through stuff this happened to Samson. Samson had a great victory. He had a great breakthrough. He slew a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. And the Bible said after the victory, he got so thirsty that he cried out to the Lord. And he said, you've given me this great deliverance. But now it appears I'm going to die of thirst. I've gotten this great deliverance, but now it appears that after I've gotten this great deliverance, I'm not going to have the strength to possess what you have promised. And so the Lord says, so the Bible says in his word that the Lord split a hollow place in this place that he was in. And the Bible said, and water came out. And he drank that water and his spirit returned and he was revived. And then the Bible said that he called the name in Hakor, which is in Lahai to this day. And he judged Israel 20 years in the days of the Philistines. After he had slain this thousand, he got to crying out because he was thirsty. And the Bible said the Lord clave a hollow place. Somebody say a hollow place. It was where the ground was literally filled with water. And whether we recognize it or not, we each have a hollow place. It's a hollow place where the reservoir of God is. It's a hollow place that God gives us after the deliverance. And we have been, because we have been filled with the Spirit of God, we 
have access to this hollow place. The key to knowing there is a hollow place, ladies and gentlemen, there's a breaking that will occur deep within us that releases a divine flow of the Spirit of God. Whether you know it or not, this trial that some of you have gone through has not been to kill you. It has been meant to cause a hollow place in you for which the reservoir of God can flow out of you. You're hearing what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, this trial that some of you have gone through that has broken your family, uh, that has been broken, that has broken you in places that you didn't want to be broken. Uh, you thought it was there to destroy you. Uh, but what you didn't know was God allowed that hollow place to be created uh, for a reservoir to come out of you uh, so that generations to come uh, can be watered by what is coming out of you. Oh, I wish somebody give God some praise in this house. Oh, I wish somebody hear what I'm trying to tell you. There's a Samson in here that God's given a great deliverance to. There's a Samson in here that God has given you a great deliverance, and now you feel broken, and you feel like this is it, and there's no, there's not gonna be no strength for you. But I'm gonna tell you right now that brokenness is not just for you. That brokenness is for all those that are coming after you. That is going to get a drink. Oh, somebody must worship the Lord right now. I, I said, somebody worship the Lord right now. Somebody worship the Lord right now. I know, I know what I speak of. I, I'm not here, but I, I want this church to hear me. The first thing you need to know is that we are told this spring, the Bible said that spring is there until this day. And what that means that at the writing of this account in the book of Judges, that was centuries after Samson had got that victory. But after the account, uh, when they began to write about it, somebody wrote about what happened to Samson and they put down in that record that that spring is there to this day I want you to know that what came out of Samson's cry what came out of Samson's travail what came out of Samson's moment of pain I'm in the Holy Ghost right now what has come out of your cry what has come out of your brokenness is going to last long after you're dead it's going to last long after you've came and gone God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to get on your feet and lift your hands and begin to cry out. This brokenness, what is going to come out of this is going to last for years. What's going to come out of this is going to last long after I'm gone. Uh, I want you to know God used the cry of Samson from the, his place of discomfort and even agony to unlock something not only for him but for future generations. Your grandkids are going to drink from that fountain. 
Your grandkids are going to drink from that fountain. Your grandkids' kids are going to drink from that fountain. Oh, it's painful right now. Oh, I feel something breaking up in here right now. It's painful right now. But oh, if you can give up a cry, there's a hollow place being created. If you can give up a I'm going to go on in a second, but I want somebody to get a hold of that right now. Somebody's grandkids are going to drink from this fountain. Somebody's great-grandkids are going to drink from this fountain. Somebody's cry. Go ahead, Samson. Go on and cry. Go on and cry, Samson. I know you're weak right now, but go ahead and cry. I know you're in agony, but go ahead and cry. I know you're in discomfort. His pain turned into a prayer that contained a level of power. In fact, the name of this place was known as En Hakor, and that in Hebrew means the spring of the collar. The name of the well that was opened up, let it be known that the cry of Samson from his pain unlocks something that people are still drinking from. I'm going to say it again. Perhaps the pain you're in is more, it's more, it's, it's more than just about you. Maybe the pain is about God creating a level of cry that can and will open a spring that generations to come are going to partake from. They're going to be refreshed. I'm going to tell you right now, we're enjoying the presence of God that we're enjoying right now because somebody 50 years ago made a cry. said you're in this house right now because somebody 50 years ago made a cry out of their pain somebody's drinking from a well oh somebody ought to praise him right now I don't know what was in that water I don't know what was in that water, Sister Arata, but the Bible said that Samson judged Israel for 20 years. Whatever he drank out of that well caused him to be sustained with judgment power from God for 20 years. I don't know what you're going to drink out of today. I don't know the well of water you're going to drink, what your cry is going to produce, but it's going to carry you beyond tomorrow. I'll tell you that. It's going to carry you beyond next week I don't have nobody believe what I'm saying I said it's going to carry you beyond next week this is not about you this is about who's watching you this is about all the seed that has not yet been born oh you don't know what you're talking about brother Wade you don't know what you're talking about I said well okay you don't know what you're talking about. I'm sure I do. I sure do, ma'am. I know exactly what I'm talking about because I know the cry of which I'm speaking. That cry came to me on August the 16th, 1998, when my son took his last breath in my arms. 
Uh, Y'all ain't hear what I'm trying to tell you now. Uh, When my son took his last breath in my arms, that cry came, and I've been drinking from that well. And guess what? My daughter's going to drink from that well. Hear what I'm trying to tell you now. My daughter's going to get victory because of my cry. I know they look backslid right now. I know they look far away from God right now. I'm preaching to somebody in this house. I know they look far away from God right now. But I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus that your son's going to drink from the well of your cry. Somebody's going to cry. Throw your hands in the air and pray in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm tasting victories right now from the well of the cry that I made in August of 1998. I'm drinking from that well today, and somebody else has drank from that well, and others have drank from that well. We have a precious woman in this service today that lost her spouse a few months ago. And I want you to know they're personally going through some emotional pain today. But I'll tell you right now, they're going to cry. And their cry is going to open up a well. Oh, God, help me. I'll tell you something right now. That cry is going to open up a well. And that long after they're gone, long after she's gone, long after her husband is gone, and long after her parents are gone somebody's gonna drink from a well I'm still getting some of y'all to believe that right now hey Samson go ahead and cry hey Samson it's alright to be broken hey Samson it's alright to feel agony but don't hold it in you gotta release a cry into the heavenlies One more time, throw your hands in the air and pray in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's being touched in this house. My God. Uh, The pain you're in. The pain you're in is not about you. It's about somebody coming behind you. It's about another generation. Uh, Oh, I said it's about somebody that's coming behind you. The pain you're enduring right now, the embarrassment you're enduring right now, it's not about you. It's about who's coming behind you. Oh, yeah, you're going to drink from it. You're going to drink from it, but so are your kids. So, So is your community. Oh, hallelujah. The reason why we're having the breakthrough in this church that we're having right now is because somebody made a cry in the midst of their agony. The reason why some of you are experiencing the victory you're experiencing right now is because every day at this church, somebody's releasing a cry. Somebody's releasing a cry at this church every day. And their cry is being heard in the heavenlies. 
and it's being broken. Something's breaking up. Something's breaking up. The fountains of the deep are opening up. Somebody's uh, so, something uh, uh, of the fountains of the deep is opening up in somebody's house. The fountains of the deep are opening up. Oh, y'all hear me? I, I may have not came to preach to everybody. I may have came to preach to just three or four people, but I did come to preach to somebody. I didn't even have this plan to preach when I got up here, but I did come to preach to somebody to tell you your brokenness is not your demise. It will actually be your deliverance. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell him your brokenness is the key to your deliverance. Hallelujah. Your brokenness is the key to your deliverance. Your, your, dis, your, your agony is the key to your deliverance. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands one more time and pray in this house. There was a, there was a man of God, there was a man of God that was ministering and that man of God was standing in the front of the congregation when a man ran up to the front of the congregation and grabbed a hold of what what we would call the hem of his his uh, his garment there and began to cry out and began to and uh, the man of God was kind of shocked and he said you're going to have to back up and let me go and uh, the man looked at him and said what's wrong and he said uh, he said what's wrong and he said you can't uh, grab a, you can't do that he said uh, he said I, I'm not the healer he said God is the healer he said I cannot heal anybody he said what's wrong with you sir the man of God said what's wrong he said uh, he said I was come up in the world and he said uh, I came up in the world and he said not only that he said uh, now I've got full-blown AIDS and they say I'm going to die and he said uh, I came here to get healed and he said uh, well uh, he said you got to turn me loose he said I'm not the healer uh, he said uh, uh, he said brother we'll pray and about that time uh, he said uh, he began to pray and he said uh, I began to pray like this Lord comfort his heart Lord help him through this uh, situation Lord help him through all this and he he grabbed that man of God and he said wait a second he said I didn't come here to get consoled I came here to get healed y'all hear what I'm trying to tell you he said I didn't come here to get consoled I came here to get healed he said I didn't come here for comfort I came here to get healed I didn't hear you say heal yet I ain't never heard I ain't heard you say make him whole yet I'm going to tell you, this world ain't coming to our services for us to feel sorry for them. They're coming into our services to see if there is a well coming up out of broken people. They're not coming. They're not coming to hear our singing. They're not coming to hear our oratory. They're not coming here to hear any of that. They want to hear, make them whole. They want to hear, deliver their families. 
I want to know, is there any broken people in here right now? I want to know, is there any broken people in this house? I want to know, is there any broken in here? There's a well that should come out of you. If it's dry around you, it's because you're not broken yet. If nobody's drinking out of, out of your hollow place, it's because you're not broken yet. Uh, if nobody's getting a drink that's going to help them through their trial, then you're not broken enough. Oh, God help me. But I want you to know the Bible, the Lord, that man of God stopped and he said, wait a second. He said, Lord, you're going to have to help me. And about that time, the Lord began to give him words to pray and began to reverse that condition. Y'all hear what I'm trying to tell you. That man of God went into prayer and said, I command a reversal of every infection in this blood right now. I command a reversal. I command the T cells to multiply. Me and I want you to know God healed that man of his AIDS. God healed that man that didn't come out of some lucky rabbit's foot and it didn't come out of just another man of God, it came out of brokenness. When you're broken. You don't care who hears you cry. Well, praise the Lord. When you're broken, you don't care who hears you cry. When you're broken, you don't care who it offends. When you really need a drink, you don't care who it offends. When you need a well to spring up for your family, I'm preaching to people in this room that's got all kinds of dryness in your family. I'm preaching to families that are going through deserts right now. I'm preaching to people that right now deliverance is all around you, but you're laying there feeling like you're going to die in your condition. But I come to tell you right now, if you're really desperate, you won't care who's sitting next to you. You won't care who's, what they think about you. You'll cry. You'll lift up a 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 cry. When you think that the enemy has this region in bondage, you'll lift up a cry. Your, our programs are not going to get us deliverance. Well, hallelujah. Our, our, our programs that are coming out of headquarters ain't going to get us a deliverance. The only thing that's going to get us a deliverance is a cry that'll cause a hollow place to be claved. There was a man, he had a son. The son was called of God. Can I have a few more minutes? I hope I'm not. The man had a son called of God. The young man had 
called to be a preacher of the gospel. Went through a, a nasty divorce. Went through all kinds of stuff. And the man's father went to war. He warred Sister Spears for two years for this boy. For two years he went through warfare for this boy and didn't get an answer. Got no answer. And one day God spoke to him. Said, I want you to bring that boy before my courts. Oh God. I want you to bring that boy before my courts. And he said, okay. And he said, I got in there and began to pray and I began to bring my son before the courts of heaven. He said, and I can relate to this because he said, I'm a, a man of war. And Sister Spears, I can relate to that because I am militant in my approach. I like war. I know that don't sound popular, but I like it. But I only like war that I know I'm going to win. Praise the Lord. See, that's the problem with some of us. We're in battles we don't belong in. And then we wonder why we're not winning. Okay, I won't. I, uh, it's 1242. I don't want to keep you too long. But I'll I just tell you right now, some of you need to get out of the battle immediately. Is this on? You need to get out of the battle immediately. You need to cut off because it's none of your business. Okay. Because it's none of your business. Some of the battles you're in is none of your business. You went and got involved in it because you, you wanted to help somebody. And that's noble. That's nice. But you got involved in it. And now you got trouble in your house. And now you're wanting to know how I can get the trouble out of my house. Oh, God. Praise the Lord. And I, so you got to... Bob, so this man, he's a man of war. He had been warring for his son for two years. And he went to, he took that boy to warfare every day. He bound, he loosed, he opened, he shut, he denied, he forbade, he allowed, he permitted. Nothing happened. But the Lord said, bring him to my courts. And when he brought the boy to his, the courts of heaven, he said, the Lord instructed me that I had to, now this is crazy, I, I know this is crazy, but in the book of 1 John chapter 5, this is what it says. He said, the Lord said, I want you to repent for, Adam, for your son Adam. He said, I want you to repent on his behalf. He said, According to 1 John 5, 16, if anyone sees his brother sinning a sin, which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. Praise the Lord. And he said, I want you to repent on Adam's behalf. And he said, I was not clear on how this would happen. He said, but what I do know is, as I obeyed, 
and I begin to repent on my son's behalf. Praise the Lord. Y'all still with me now? Because we're going to get some answers here today. There is a fountain that God's wanting to open up for generations to drink from. And the fact is, some of you got children that are in bondage right now. Well, hallelujah. Am I telling the truth or am I just lying? Some of you got children that are in bondage right this minute. And all the warfare you're doing ain't going to bring them out. Praise the Lord. Is this on? All the warfare you're doing ain't going to bring them out. You've got to bring them before the court of heaven. And the Bible said that if you repent, if you, if you repent, that he will give him life. Now watch. He said, so he said, I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I bring my son before your courts. As I stand here, I repent on his behalf for his failure as a father and a husband. I ask that your blood would speak for him. I repent for any lie that he has believed about himself. And I ask that these lies would be reversed. Oh, hallelujah. I ask before your courts that every untruth that he is believing would be would be forgiven right now in the name of Jesus. Well, I don't know it, but you can pray the same prayer about your family. I, I know this is I, I know this is new to us, but we're gonna have to start operating in this level if we're gonna see the deliverances we want to see. I'm going to say it again. There are family members that are believing lies of the devil right now. But we can ask the Lord. To, uh, and we can ask the Lord. And we can repent for every lie that they're believing. Uh, come on, somebody. They're believing lies. But I command them lies to be undone right now in the name of Jesus. My son is believing lies about himself. My daughter is believing lies about himself. But I command that to be undone right now. I bring them before your courts. Somebody lift your hands and cry out to God right now. Come on, cry out to God right now. Come on, let's go ahead and talk and just spend a couple minutes and say, Lord, I bring whoever the family member is. Say, Lord, I bring them before your courts right now. I, I stand here and I repent on their behalf. I repent for their failures. I repent for their failures today. In the name of Jesus, I ask for your blood to speak for them. I repent for any lie that they have believed about themselves. I ask that those lies be undone. I ask before your courts that every untruth be annulled and eliminated and forgiven. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord one more time. Let's lift our hands. Come on. We're... Is this okay? Are we all right? I...
You see, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're talking about a place that we occupy in the spirit. Not going to, we occupy. We operate in the courts of heaven as kings and priests unto God. Which means you have a right to conduct this kind of business in the courts of heaven. And as he finished that prayer, uh, as he finished that prayer, uh, it was about a five-minute prayer. He said, I begin to feel a shift. He said, I begin to feel a shift. Something's beginning to shift right now. Well, praise the Lord. He said, I begin to feel a shift. And I'm going to tell you whether you feel it or not, it's something is shifting in the atmosphere of what you're praying about right now. Well, hallelujah. I said, whether you feel it or not, or you see any evidence of it or not, something shifting in the atmosphere of what you're praying concerning now. Then the Lord said to the man, he said, now that you've repented for your son's failure, he said, now I want you to repent. And he said, well, Lord, what have I done? What did I do? And he said, the Lord said to him, he said, you're going to have to repent for the words that you have said against him to his mother. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. See, I'm going to tell you, the enemy is a prosecuting attorney. You go right ahead, ma'am. Go ahead and get it for you. Go on ahead and get it. You know, there's people that's going to respond in faith here today. And they're actually going to believe what God is saying in this house. You see, the devil is a prosecuting attorney. And see, when you're in the court, when you have a prosecuting attorney, the enemy will use character witnesses. In the natural, they'll use character witnesses against the individual that's coming to court. Hallelujah. And they will go and about trying to get all the dirt they can. And the Lord told this man, you're going to have to repent for all those words that you said against your son. So for every time you said they're worthless and they're no good. Okay, well, praise the Lord. And they're not going to come out of that. And they're always going to be bound by that. And they're always going to be ad addicted to that. The, the, I want you to know what happens is the enemy uses that in the court of heaven as evidence to hold them captive. But that man, the Lord said, I want you to repent for every word you said against them. Uh, I know it's uncomfortable, but we got to get on down with it. I, 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 I'm tired of seeing my family bound. I, I'm tired of seeing them bound. Okay, that's about three or four of you. I'm going to say it again. I said, I'm tired of seeing my family bound. tired I got a brother that God wants to save and my brother's bound and he is my brother's been bound by drugs my brother's been bound by all kinds of stuff and I've had to repent for stuff I've said out of my mouth about my own brother that the enemy has used against him oh God help me I Oh, hallelujah. 
Lord. And so he said, I, the Lord told me, he said, you're going to have to repent. And he said, he said, I wanted you to know the, the enemy, the Lord said to him, he said, you're even his own father. The Lord said, the enemy is saying, even his own father says this about him. Oh, and he said, I went into repenting. And this is what he said, Lord, I repent for every word that I've said against my son. I ask that I might be forgiven and that these words would be annulled. I ask that these words would be dismissed and not allowed as evidence against my son in your courts. Lord, I love my son. I ask that this might be recorded in the courts of heaven and let him go free of every negative thing that I have spoken over him. You might as well just try it because, you know, what do we got to lose anyway? Lord, I apologize today. I repent. Lord, I repent for every word that I have spoken against any of my family members. I ask that I might be forgiven and that these words would be annulled. I ask that these words would be dismissed and not allowed in the as evidence against my family members in your courts. Lord, I love my family and I ask that this might be recorded in the courts of heaven and that you would let, that he would be let go and be free from all the negative things that I have spoken against them. In the name of Jesus, I command it to be stricken from the record today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Come on, go ahead. Let the Lord have his way in this, this here today. Let the Lord go ahead. It, I, I know again, it, it, it's not normal course of action, but we got to get an answer. And we're going to get an answer. Well, hallelujah. Let me tell you what happens. Because now, let me tell you what happened. The Lord said to the man, he said, now I want you to prophesy your son's destiny. He said, now I want you to prophesy their destiny in my courts. I want you to declare what has been declared over them. Well, praise the Lord. He said, I want you to start prophesying. For all of you that are involved in what's going on, I'm telling you, God's going to cause a significant shift to begin to happen. I'm telling you, you're going to see a notable difference. I'm not, I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. 
you're going to see a, I'm not telling you something I haven't seen work. I'm telling you what I've seen work. Go ahead. I want you to start prophesying over their destiny right now. I want you to prophesy. The Lord's going to bring words to your mind about what to speak over their life in the courts of heaven. And you're going to speak that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Begin to prophesy. My son is going to be... My son is going to be saved. And not only is he going to be saved, he's going to be righteous. And he's going to, go ahead. He's going to be, he's called of God. He's anointed of God. My son is not bound by drugs. My daughter is not bound by all these things. I'm going to tell you what we're doing. We're undoing a case against our loved ones right now. We, uh, we are undoing a case against our loved ones right now. Uh, and any legal right that the enemy had to hold them is being released right now. My God. Come on, you got to prophesy it right now. Lord, I stand in your courts. I declare that my loved one is ordained by you to carry this gospel. I declare that their feet are beautiful and glorious. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I declare. I declare that they're got, they got clarity in mind. I declare in the name of Jesus that they are, they are the head and not the tail. I declare that they are not addicted. I declare that addiction has no power over them. I declare they're not going to commit suicide. I declare that right now in the name of Jesus. I declare they are not an alcoholic. Hallelujah. A cry that's going to produce a fountain. A cry that's going to produce a fountain. A cry that's going to produce a fountain for, you, for centuries to come. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you something. What happened? That man took about 15 minutes. That was it. About 15 minutes was all. He didn't lay on the ground all night. He didn't beg and plead. He did that prayer in about 15 minutes. He commanded a depression to come off his son. He commanded all this junk to come off his boy. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Folks are already at scramblers right now. But I'm trying to help somebody at this, in this church. Because some of you have been agonizing. For those that, for folks that don't really care, that's, 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 that's one thing. 
but there are folks in this room that care about whether their family is saved or not. It'd be a lot different if you knew this prayer you was going to pray. was going to cause one of your family members to avoid a car accident and get killed tomorrow. If you knew that their life was hanging in the balance, you change your position and your posture. Well, praise the Lord. I said, if you knew one of your, if you knew their life was hanging in the balance, your position and your posture would change. You would take your desperation to another level. I'm not prophesying that. I'm telling you, I'm not prophesying that. I'm telling you, though, you don't know whose life is hanging in the balance. You don't know whose destiny is hanging in the balance. I don't understand how we can be so passive. Let me tell you what happened. That man took his son into the court of heaven and prayed about a 15-minute prayer. A week and a half later, his son calls him on the phone. He says, Dad, something happened to me about a week and a half ago. He said, what happened to you? He said, I want you to know, he said, all of a sudden, about a week and a half ago, all depression left me. Every bit of depression left Not only did the depression leave, but dad, I want my ministry back. I want my walk with God back. Hello, somebody. I'm going to tell you right now, what we're doing in here works. It ain't some theory. It does work. And if you get serious about it, I want you to know it won't be but just a few days and you'll see God turn it in your family. I wish I had a few people that believe that right now. I said, it ain't going to be but a few days. Some of you, I said, it's just going to be just a few days. And some of you are going to get a phone call from that family member saying, you know, I want to get right with God. i got to have something to change. Stand to your feet all over this house. Stand to your feet. I'm telling you what I know I'm telling you what I've seen I'm telling you we didn't just get saved to come in here and have, to come to church and have a good time We didn't get saved. And God didn't give us the Holy Ghost for us just to have a fire escape. 
and say, well, you just, now that you got the Holy Ghost, the only thing you can hope to do is live good enough so you don't go to hell. Are you out your ever-loving mind? Oh, God. Never knowing that we got power and authority in the courts of heaven to get things reversed. Satan, Peter, has desired to have you. You know what he was really saying? He asked if he could prosecute you. Peter, the devil has desired to sift you, to prosecute you. He said, but I prayed for you. I got, a, I got a judgment rendered in another court. It's going to be all right, Peter, because I went into another court and got the decision reversed. It's going to be all right, Peter. Hear what I'm saying? It's gonna be all right, Peter, because I went into another court and I got the decision reversed. Oh, Peter, you was gonna be as good as sifted, but oh, somebody prayed for you. Somebody ought to give the Lord some praise in this house. Somebody ought to give God some praise in this house. There's gonna be a reversal happening. There's a reversal coming. I said, there's a reversal coming. I said, there's a reversal coming. Somebody's going to reverse the decision. Somebody's gone into the courts today. I said, somebody's gone into the courts today and has got another judgment rendered. I think somebody ought to rejoice about that right now. Somebody ought to get out of their seat and just begin to praise the Lord for that.